Gilman Scholars, this is your captain speaking. Get ready for takeoff. Hello there, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Most importantly, thank you so much for your patience as we were a bit behind on our episode for this month, but I promise it was well worth the wait. First and foremost, happy June and National Immigrant Heritage Month to all. And we are going abroad and beyond with our guests today. But I would be remiss if I forgot to remind you all to please connect with the Gilman Scholarship Program on our social media. And while you're at it, make sure to subscribe to us on whichever platform you are joining us from today. This is the Agilman Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Murray, and honored very much so to be joined by Gilman alum, civil servant, and NASA project engineer, Manuel Retana. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah. So please tell our listeners a little bit about your wonderful self. Yeah, so uh, my name is uh, Manuel Retana. I am a mechanical engineer, um, and I just finished my master's. Um, and I'm currently working at the NASA Johnson Space Center um, as, a, as an aerospace engineer. And I'm also pursuing my PhD at the University of Texas. Wow, you are such a dynamic talent, Manuel, and I'm excited for everyone to get to know you even more. I do want to take the time now to discuss sort of the more earlier parts in your life and how your upbringing and studying abroad led you to your current career at NASA. Now, during your first 15 years of life growing up in Mexico, and when you're comparing that time to your time spent in the United States, what are some of the biggest cultural differences that you can identify from both experiences? Yes, well, um, you know, people people believe that um, the main challenge of going, living or going to a different country is the language, but actually, I will tell you that it's the culture, um, and, and that's the hardest thing to, to understand. Um, and so in Mexico, uh, the things that are mostly emphasized um, are, are pr- primarily um, family. Uh, and, and for example, your, your job, uh, it's not that important. People people care about careers, uh, especially in the cities. But where I'm from, um, you know, it's really it's really about family being together, um, and 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 always following traditions and, and having good friends and good relationships. Uh, and, and I think in the U.S., I mean, that matters as well. It, it has a place value. But the people who care more about, um, I would say, they are more career focused. Um, People are becoming independent, younger, right? So in, in Mexico, it's pretty common for, for um, children to, to be with their parents at, at 25. Um, it's very normal. But in the U.S., you know, at 18, you kind of have to have a plan. Um, and so, so those are some, some, some things that, yeah, are, are hard to understand. I mean, I thought you explained it very well just then. But so how would you say that having a childhood in Mexico contributed to the person that you are today? So, uh, you know, Mexico is, is it's a country full of a lot of culture um, and, and, a, and a lot of, I would say magic, I would call it magic. But um, growing up here, um, I, you know, I grew up in a family of four, four, um, four uh, siblings uh, with a single mother. So, um, you know, it was kind of rough economically growing up and, and, and I, I went to public school here. So, um, I, you know, I met students that kind of faced similar challenges. And, and the issue in Mexico is typically it is it is difficult to to move up the ladder. You know, even middle class is is, is difficult to to get to those um, if you don't really have both the financial uh, capital but also the social capital. Um, and so that that uh, yeah, that was hard. Mm-hmm. 
but I can imagine it makes sense. It's not too unfamiliar to take a little bit of um, of America's corporate structure as well. You know, the emphasis on networking and such is so strong so you can gain that social capital and, you know, further help that career focus that you said is one of the biggest differences between your experiences in Mexico and here in the United States. Now, I know that traveling from Mexico to the U.S. when you were younger was only the first of many of your experiences to take you out of your comfort zone. And then you actually then later traveled with the Gilman Scholarship to the United Kingdom. And you actually enrolled in a lot of your STEM and engineering courses at the University of Bristol. But first, how did you initially discover your interest in STEM? And was working at NASA always a goal of yours? Yes, uh, and thank you so much for this question. Uh, so I discovered my passion for STEM actually in Mexico. I was in middle school, and my science teacher um, uh, in physics lab, um, he, uh, he played a video of NASA. And I got to see this spacecraft from the Cape Canaveral, which I never really heard of. I didn't know where this was. I didn't know what Florida was. Uh, but I, I got to see this rocket going to space, showing the Earth. And as he was, you know, going away, the Earth just looked tiny, uh, smaller and smaller. And so that day, I think we were discussing planets, but also subatomic particles. And I, I, told, I told myself, you know, I, I want to work at this place called NASA. And, and, and I was very inspired that day uh, in class and so that's, that's, you know, I think that's when I was like, oh, you know, and, and then I told my mom, I, I want to work at NASA. She's like, well, that, that, that's a little ambitious, you know, because I guess, you know, my parents never really went to college. And so um, it was it was a little ambitious to, to ask for that. But yeah. That is such a beautiful sentiment. I, I'm sure people have heard that children often um, aspire to careers that they are most familiar with. Uh, teachers, doctors. Astronaut, I'm sure, is a pretty popular aspiration as well. But having the chance to actually speak with someone who, in fact, stuck to their childhood aspirational goals just puts the biggest smile on my face. Now, a lot of exchange students from across the United States, and Gilman scholars included, tend to enroll in majority courses that fit under that liberal arts, humanities, and arts umbrella. But how did you approach taking your aerospace engineering courses abroad? Yes, and so um, I, I will tell you, you know, I, I think my school has, uh, the University of Nevada, Reno, where I went to undergrad, has a very good engineering program. Uh, but um, I wanted to really study aerospace engineering because uh, my, my, my state didn't even offer aerospace. Uh, and I knew I wanted to work for NASA. So when I went to the UK, I went to a university that had aerospace courses. And, and it turns out that it was not only a school that offered those courses, but it was one of those Ivy Leagues in the UK. So I went to a very highly competitive program, uh, and I didn't really know. <laughs> and so uh, I enrolled to, to TOF uh, in the main courses, junior level classes. Um, and, and I also, by accident, uh, was invited to take a master's class. And uh, a master's, a master's capstan class. Oh, my goodness. That's challenging. And- <laughs> And so I went into the class and I loved it. The program, the project was so cool. I mean, these guys were like developing a satellite, uh, and, and in like 10 weeks. And I was like, this is awesome. This is what? exactly what I want. I think NASA is going to be impressed if I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You honestly kind of lost me at the idea of building a satellite in 10 weeks, let alone that you were not even a master student yourself, but 
that sounds like such a challenge, but I'm glad you're able to take that on. And the professor mainly was allowing you to stay in that course and that you did such an excellent job as a part of um, that capstone group. Um, it was hands down the, the hardest class I have ever taken. It was so challenging to take this class while taking my other classes. But a lot of the students that I studied with um, went on and got a PhD at universities such as Cambridge and other you know, top universities in Europe. And, and so that's, that class kind of you know, pushed me into, into pursuing grad school. Well, that's amazing to hear. And to be frank, I'm not surprised in the slightest that it was challenging, but I'm glad you were able to push, you know, beyond what you thought your academic limitations were and break out and go beyond your comfort zone. You know, that's definitely a value to having that idea of breaking out of your comfort zone as a part of your motivation while on exchange. Um, were there any other moments um, during your time abroad in which that mindset helped you even more so to maximize your cultural immersion? When I was there, um, since, you know, it was the first time I, someone in my family, my, well, myself, I was the only one in the family who, who has been, ever been to Europe. I tried to explore and take advantage of the opportunity as much as I could. So um, I tried to, to travel a lot. And I, I think I visited about close to 25 different European cities while I was there. Uh, but, you know, I was alone in um, in different countries. I remember one time getting lost in in, in Denmark and not knowing any Danish. Wow. And some people don't even, they didn't even know uh, uh, English. And, and then the, the street names were extremely hard to just write. And so those, those are some of the things I guess you're facing you go to a different country. Well, I'm glad you were able to push yourself safely. And while scary at times, you ended up, you know, making your way back home eventually. I love hearing um, exciting tales of um, of being able to overcome language barriers while on exchange. So happy to hear that it was scary in the moment, but obviously worked out in the end. And how would you say in any way did your exchange sort of guide and influence your path to the work that you do today with NASA as well as personally? You know, coming up from Mexico, I was extremely excited to work at NASA. And and actually, while I was abroad, I knew I was going to start interning at NASA. I was offered it. So I knew that was coming. Um, but when I went to the UK and I realized that not all countries have access to space, or I guess they have access to space, but it's just more limited. Like being an American gives you a lot of opportunities, especially in the space field. And these students were like so passionate of, about space. And I knew that, you know, no matter what they be or how hard they work, uh, uh, just, just because of, 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 you know, policy and things like that, um, I knew that, uh, mm -hmm. for, for example, the European Space Agency just have like fewer spots on, for astronauts and, and it's just easier for Americans. I mean, it's not easy, but it, it'll be easier for Americans to actually, you know, one day become an astronaut or, or work in this field. And so um, I, I just feel more blessed. And I, I feel more thankful and more, um, and it just meant more to actually work for NASA uh, after I went to the UK. Even while an undergrad, you were, between all of these, um, these engineering courses and planning for this career that you've been inspired to take on from a young age, you were still somehow able to manage to find time to volunteer with various causes. And you even mentioned, you know, the idea of giving back when you're home as well as abroad, when we spoke previously, all these things were 
were very important to you. And all these sentiments are also really important to the Gilman Scholarship Program as well. That mentality is something that we want to encourage. And, you know, that's why we have that requirement of the following service project to encourage students to find ways to take your exchange experience and give back to your community at home and your home university. I'm curious to know how are you able to be involved in giving back while you were on exchange and even when you returned to the United States? So um, when I was uh, abroad, um, I knew I knew uh, for the Gilman program, I had to do a follow-on project. But when I arrived to UK, I was offered to, to join this uh, nonprofit called Bridge the World. And um, this uh, organization allows you to um, this, uh, share your experiences while you're abroad with uh, uh, elementary and middle school students uh, in the United States. So I actually worked for a classroom in New York. And um, every week I will make a post and, and I, I, um, about three times throughout the, the semester, um, I, would, I would do a Zoom call and, and, and talk to students about my experiences and answer questions and encourage them to, to pursue um, international, um, you know, study abroad and, and going to college and things like that. Very cool. Um, and you also found a, even before the Gilman Scholarship Program, you found a very unique way of embracing your cultural background and, and efforts to be philanthropic and give back during your time in undergrad. And I'm eager to know what inspired Mariachi de Cardinal. Yeah, so uh, I actually, uh, so I am a mariachi singer. Um, when I moved to the U.S., when I moved to college, um, I um, I wanted to make it my experience, and I wanted to make it like a home for me. And you know, I, I grew up away from my family. I could visit them in in in, in Christmas, uh, but throughout the year, I, I didn't really have have them here uh, uh, next to me. And so I, I would do activities that would remind me of home, uh, like Mariachi de Cardenal. This is uh, so so uh, Mariachi de Cardenal was actually formed at Stanford. Um, that was for my masters, but when I was an undergrad, I actually founded the first mariachi at the University of Nevada. And I made this group uh, to be all inclusive. I actually, uh, most of the students who joined this club, uh, when I made it, um, did not speak Spanish. And I wanted to engage them in, in Mexican music. And uh, I remember at the end of the, of the year, uh, I had a Polish student who never really spoke Spanish singing like one of these uh, old school mariachi. But you know, I just wanted to I give people that. more, more um, ways to get involved. <laughs> And uh, and so, but you know, I, I love to share some of the experiences I had, and uh, and I want to share people, you know, some of the cultural activities that I have learned throughout my life. And you, I mean, most definitely did just that, and not to ignore this. This is a pretty incredible and unique and enjoyable device for language immersion too. Uh, I mean, I wish I could have joined myself, but as one of my last thoughts here, since your return from exchange. How would you say study abroad is an invaluable opportunity for those who want to pursue careers in STEM or even following your exact footprints all the way to NASA? You know, at the end of the day, uh, agencies don't build rockets, right? Um, or aircraft or a spacecraft. People build spacecraft. And so um, when you study abroad, when you go to different countries, when you interact with different people, uh, you learn social skills. And uh, sometimes to get stuff done as a team, uh, as engineers, 
you're you working big teams and, and you have to be able to interact with people from different backgrounds, with different mindsets, uh, and sometimes uh, persuade them, influence them, or, or um, you know, uh, get people on board on the same direction. But I encourage people to, to, to you know, get out of their bubble uh, so that they can interact with people that are not like them. Uh, and, and, and NASA has been very useful for me. Uh, the fact that, you know, I can speak uh, different languages. Um, I have worked with Europeans. I have worked with, uh, with Americans, with Canadians. Uh, it, it just allows me to understand them better, uh, understand where they come from. And, and that allows me to be more effective. Despite the fact of you know, everybody being different, um, you, you actually have a common goal. And, and so I think that's very important professionally, no matter what field you work on. Um, and so um, that, that I would say that's, that's one of the main reasons um, uh, for, for studying abroad. So well said. So, so well said. Um, and before I officially let you go, because I'm sorry to say, but this is the end for our chat today, but it's truly been a pleasure speaking with you, Manuel. But before I let you go, like I've already said, I would love to know, besides Mars, <laughs> what is a dream travel destination or international experience you'd like to have in the future? Besides Mars, I mean, that's hard. The moon, just kidding. <laughs> well, I, th I think this is the next, the next frontier. Um, I think and this is what I like about space exploration. It allows you to connect with people. Um, when I travel, um, I, 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 I think right now, my goal will be to go to Latin America. This is a, a place, or Africa, those two, I guess, continents that I have not really visited too much. Um, but but uh, I would say Latin America, I really want to get to go to Brazil or or um, countries like that. Um, and, and the reason for that is I want to learn uh, about, you know, how people live in those places, get to see the nature, uh, you know, get, get to make connections with, with other students and see how, you know, how they approach space uh, and, and, and things like that. But, you know, as I have, you know, after Gilman, I have been trying to travel more. Um, luckily, after my study abroad, I, I, I got to go to Australia and South Korea. And the more I explore the world, I just realized that the more we are, we are like, you know, um, and how uh, even though we are, we have cultural differences. At the end of the day, uh, the main components of the human, the human, the, of, of humans uh, are the same. And I think that's what space exploration is gonna do to humanity. As we explore farther, we're gonna be become closer, and we're gonna see things. Uh, that uh, you know that affect other people. Um, we're gonna take it uh, uh, very seriously. We'll we'll see like our own issues. And then, if I or anyone else listening to this episode wants to get in contact with you to learn how to get on the next trip to the space station, um, how could we reach out to you after this episode is? <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, I, I I would say Instagram is the easiest. So uh, I'm a uh, um, Manu. Aero Astro, Manuel Aero Astro. That's my uh, tag in Instagram. Um, and on Facebook, I'm just Manuel Rotana. Uh, same in LinkedIn. Incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today, Manuel. And listeners, stay tuned for our next episode. You know when it drops, the first weekday in July. Till next time.